You are listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. We exist to empower the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive through podcast community. Now, here is your host. Welcome to Accidental Hope Podcast, a community that seeks hope and healing from a faith perspective. My name is Jennifer. And I'm not an expert, but I do share life experiences because I believe it will help someone else. So get ready to open your heart, laugh, cry, and receive. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on Accidental Hope today. I am so, so very excited to introduce you to one of my dear friends. I think we've known each other almost 10 years, which is crazy, but you're going to love her. Her name is Heidi Easley, and she is founder and owner of Texas Art and Soul and Paint Party Headquarters, and I can't wait for you to hear her incredible story of healing and creativity and just, oh my gosh, her voice just shines. So welcome, Heidi. I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. Girl, how are you? What's going on? Tell us, okay, first tell us about you. Tell us about you because I know you, but tell everybody else about you, a little bit about yourself. Okay, so Heidi Easley, owner of Texas Art and Soul and Paint Party Headquarters. And basically, I teach women how to make money teaching paint parties online, in person, and through art kits. And um, it all started through um, using art to heal after I had a bankruptcy and lost it all before the age of 30, which we can go into more detail about that later. But I smile and you'll know why. I'm laughing and smiling as I say the word bankruptcy because normally it would be such a a sad thing, but um, because of the situation, and again, we can go into that with more detail in a minute, but because of the situation, it's actually one of the best things that happened to me. Mm, It didn't have the last word. It did not. (laughs) It didn't. Okay. And you have, so you've been married to Bobby. Y'all just had an anniversary, right? Yes. So I've been married to my high school sweetheart for 23 years and we have a 14 year old daughter. So I am trying to figure out the teenage, sometimes she loves me. Sometimes she does not. The other day (laughs) we were literally sitting on our porch swing and she got tired and she started to like, like lean over to like cuddle me. And then she knew what she was doing. And then she like S curved real fast and like went the other way. And I was like, I was like, what the heck? Like, come on in. So, and she goes, no. I was like, you almost, you almost cuddled me. I know. I almost, it was just like that, that just fold her in like for 10 yeah. seconds. You can just, yeah. Yeah. When, um, when Patrick turned, uh, Pixie's age, I was like, can you just sit on my lap one time? Can I just have one, one last sit right here? He was like, mom, are you serious? Like, please, just, just one time. Yes, I had to pay her a dollar for a hug the other day. I was like, I just want a real, like, strong hug. Not noodle arms, just hug me. She's like, will you pay me? I was like, I'll give you a dollar. Just give me a good hug. You got a snow cone. Oh, man. I love it. This generation. And I know she's going to be something fierce. She'll be a boss babe just like her mama someday. I love it. Oh, yeah. She's always coming to me with business ideas. I'm like, well, let's make it happen. (laughs) That's so great. I love it. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit. Sometimes financial troubles hit. I mean, they just do. And it's something that nobody really talks about. And, And honestly, when I heard your testimony, you were probably one of the first people people I ever heard take 
take what some people will shame someone. You know, we, we hear about bankruptcy as failure and you already must, you already feel like that. You know, if you're having to make this hard decision, you probably have already had those same thoughts and financial troubles sometimes just happen. It's not like you're irresponsible. They happen. Tell us more about what happened that day and how you have used it for good, how it didn't have the last word. Okay, so I'm going to try to do the condensed version, but yeah, so we were, um, you know, toddler, you know, Pixie was really young at the time, and we had to file bankruptcy. We were in Florida, Panama City Beach, and at the time, I thought I was the only person filing bankruptcy. I did not realize there were millions of people having the same crisis at the same time, and so I felt so much shame. I felt, you know, my parents, you know, they raised me, you know, they raised me to borrow money, but they raised me to always pay it back. You know, we had borrowed a lot of money, but we had always paid it back. And then when the the balloon happened with real estate and our irresponsibleness in our 20s and everything just, you know, came crashing. My husband lost his job. I was a teacher making $22,000 a year and teaching in Panama City Beach area. And it just literally could not pay anything. So we had, you know, I had painted Pixie's room. You know, we added on a room to our house and literally painted it all Tinkerbell you know, this was going to be the room that I raised her. We made a desk, you know, like we had all of these dreams and these plans and we were a couple blocks from the beach. You know, it was just like my life. Like I love the ocean. I wanted to be there. Like a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything was in place and then every, everything came crashing down. You know, and I always think like God giveth and God taketh away, you know, and it can be taken away in a heartbeat. And so I, for many, many, many years, I did not share about this story. And, you know, I, even whenever I was having to trade three cars in just a couple months, I told my friends, which now looking back, I'm like, of course they had to have known. I remember telling my friends, and I had two really close friends that I worked with at the school and we'd go on walks after school or whatever. And I remember telling them like, oh, I just wanted a different car. Now we're moving into an apartment, you know, like it was probably obvious to them, but to me in, in my twenties and a new baby thinking, you know, I'm just going to hide this. Like I will never talk about this openly. And, um, and so I started using art to heal. I started painting because that's what I've done since I was 14 years old. I, I paint. And so, um, my sister had a saw, we had sawed out these little surfboard looking things, you know, and I was on the beach. So I thought I'll just paint some surfboards because I love painting and surfboards are great. And um, so I'd bring him to school on my lunch break. I had him at school and I'd have him sitting there. Well, at the time I was teaching 850 kids a week through my art classes. (laughs) I was a K through fifth, actually at that time, K through sixth art teacher. And, um, and I was teaching 850 kids. Well, about, you know, 150 a day would be coming through my room. They would see these surfboards and they would go crazy. They were like, Miss Easley, Miss Easley, can you paint me one? Can you put my name on it? Miss Easley. And I go, no, I'm just working on that during lunch, sweetie. You know, let's get back to, to our stuff. And then the next group would come in. You know, every 45 minutes, we'd have a new group of 30 kids. And so then another group would come in. Miss Easley, Miss Easley, oh my gosh, put my name on it. And it just all day. And I was like, finally, it was you like. You have something here. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, the light bulb went off. Like, oh my gosh, I might be able to sell these and get, you know, get my family out of this situation. So I talked to my husband and my mother-in-law and um, my mother-in-law, who was one of the, you know, her and my parents were one of the only people that knew about our bankruptcy. She knew we didn't have any money. You know, we were living in an apartment, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And she said, okay, I think you're onto something, but we need to go 50-50. Like we can help buy supplies and then out of the profits, we'll pay for supplies. 
So I show up at Pier Park. If anybody has been to Panama City Beach, you've probably been to Pier Park, right in front of the Starbucks and across from the Buffalo Wild Wings. There's a little, basically a concrete square that now has like an airbrush tattoo place. But back then it was like a 10 by 10. So I walked up to the, the owner, we had a meeting and I was like, can I, I mean, the surfboards still had sticky polyurethane on them. They were like not routed on the edges. So they look kind of like crap, but it was just one of my designs I'd painted. I was like, can I please sell these at your fine mall establishment? And, and to, to my surprise, he said, yes. And so we, um, we, you know, said, okay, he's going to rent it to us for like a thousand or 1100 a month. I'm going to be there for three days a week, 12 hours a day. I had to set up, take down to where when we weren't there, it looked like nothing was there but a sidewalk. So we went through all of this process. I mean, I felt during that time, I felt so much hope. Like I felt like, oh my gosh, this is my second chance. You know, I have this baby. I've lost my house. Like, I mean, it got so bad that, you know, we had her shelves and I know this is kind of a, a just a small little part of the story, but just to kind of share the pain that I was going through, we had, you know, I, I'm not an organized person. I'm an artist. I'm creative. <laughs> her shelves and her clothes, I was meticulous. Like I had everything organized by size, by color. Like I had it beautiful in her new nursery. And then whenever we had to leave that house, I remember crying and making my husband, I said, I want those shelves. Please tear down those shelves. I've got to have those shelves for her room. I look back and I'm like, why did I do that? Like somebody else could have enjoyed that so much, but it was like a piece of that because I couldn't take the murals because I couldn't take all of that stuff. Like I had to have a piece of that. So <laughs> no, I get it. So, yeah. So, so we ended up putting those shelves in a freaking closet in our apartment. Now I regret it. I wish I wouldn't have done that. But, um, so anyway, so we had worked and it gave me hope, like, okay, this is going to be okay. And um, so we set up, we get ready to set up at Pure Park and we're like, you know, this is my plan B, it's going to work. And, you know, work so hard. So, I mean, we had our whole families involved, like, you know, my, my mother-in-law, my stepdad, Bobby, me, Pixie running around as a two-year-old, you know, we were like sawing these surfboards, like out of the back of my mother-in-law's house and, you know, doing all this work every weekend to get prepared for, you know, summer. So we set up and like, not one person is buying Jennifer. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, how can I fail so much before I'm 30? Like, this is so embarrassing. And, um, and then, you know, I just sit there and nobody's buying and nobody's buying. And what do you do when nobody buys? You head to Buffalo Wild Wings and you drink because that's what you <laughs> So, so my mother-in-law, she looks at me and she's like, Bobby, you got to watch the booth. I got to get Heidi out of here. So we walk across the street. If you've ever been there, you'll know Buffalo Wild Wings is literally a couple of steps across the street. So we're at the bar, we're taking a couple drinks and I, you know, I don't drink anymore, but when I did drink, I was drinking and we were drinking some um, stuff at the bar and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? This was my plan B it is failing again. Like I, like life is done, like in your twenties, I think. And I think sometimes even when you're older, like when you have these plans for your life and you have these plans for your kids, and then all of a sudden you feel like the rug has been ripped under, you yeah. know, ripped yeah. out from under you and life will never be the same. And, and I just, I was like, you know, what am I going to do? And I was freaking out and I was drinking again and I was freaking out. And then Bobby called and I answered the phone and he said, Heidi, get over here. We have orders. And I'm like, 
you're, you know, cause I'm a little tipsy. I'm like, you're lying, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Heidi, seriously, get over here now. We have orders. And so I look at Sheree, my eyes are bugged out and she goes, go, go. And I, I, you know, hung up the phone and she pays for my tab cause I'm broke. I ain't got any <laughs> so, so I walked tipsily across the street and I will never forget. Like my husband had these paper, t- we had paper tickets for our orders and he's holding up a stack of these paper tickets. And he's like, Heidi, get to painting, get to painting. And I just, at that moment, I was like, literally like, I'm not literally, but I was like flat on my face done for thinking I, you know, have embarrassed myself, embarrassed my family. There's no way out. And it was like, God had scooped me up and not only said like, Heidi, it's going to be okay, but you're going to be able to do what you love, which is painting for a living. Mm. You're going to be able to make this okay. You know, this isn't the end of it. And it was like that night, I just painted and laughed. And yes, a little bit due to the alcohol, but just (laughs) laughed and painted and just like crazy. I mean, just so exciting. And we went on in just two months working three days a week. And we went on to sell over a thousand hand-painted surfboards, which meant this girl who usually took one year to paint one painting, had to paint a thousand paintings, you know, little paintings. Yeah. $20,000 in just a short amount of time. And what, and you know, if, if I had to work until 2 a.m. to paint orders that were coming back to pick up the next day, I happily did it. If I was painting in my car when it was raining, I happily did it because I knew every single surfboard I painted was a chance out of this, this future. And so we just, you know, after that experience, it's taught me, like when I talk about bankruptcy now, I smile, literally smile because it gave me a whole new way of thinking of life. It gave me a whole new like purpose and a way to go, okay, I can always like with God's help, you know, I'm a big believer in lots of prayer, but then taking inspired action, like actually doing what I feel like God's leading me to do. And then I know that things can always be turned around. And so that's where, you know, now that I teach other women how to make money with paint parties and stuff like that, I'm like, girls, like you can do this, you know, there's so much opportunity out there. And I think if I would not have had that bankruptcy experience, I would never have that stark contrast of here's what it looks like when you're totally broke. And here's what it looks like, Heidi, when you have lots of money, like I would never have that contrast. And, and I think that's where I always can come back to that moment of God lifting me up and going, it's okay. I got you. This is going to be used for good. So I, talk about the bankruptcy until several years ago, but I mean, it had been probably seven years until I started talking about it. And what was really crazy, Jennifer, was when I started talking about it is when I actually healed from it. Oh, can you say that one more time? Let's just a little louder for the people in the back. Say it one more time. Yeah, I did not. I feel like until I started talking about it, I did not heal from it. So I remember talking to, um, I was, you know, doing some business classes and I was at this business conference and I remember talking about my bankruptcy in front of them for one of the first times. And so many people contacted me after like talking, you know, like, oh my gosh. And I said, yeah, I won't, I have not blogged about this or written about it because I'm too embarrassed. And because I teach high school at that time, I was teaching high school students. I'm like, what would the high school students think? And then, um, this guy, I remember he said, who, like, who are you? Like, do you think they're going to go live a life of drugs if you tell them you failed? Like, who do you think you are? Like, you don't have that much power. And I thought, oh my gosh, how many of us live 
in this like imprisonment of thinking we have so much power over other people's choices or we have like that we're not there their, you know, center stage of their life. Like we are all going through this life failing and failing and failing. And it's the matter of like, how fast can you get back up after that failure? So dust yourself off. Yeah. Yeah. And once, once I heard that, I thought, you know what, he's right. Like these kids aren't, you know, what if they look at me weird for a minute when they're older, they're going to understand when they're trying to pay their own bills and, and crap's expensive. And so, um, and so I started blogging about it and talking about it and, I think that's what um, people like, like you even said, you know, people are very not open about that situation, but I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how, you know, much money you, you think you don't have or really don't have. I've been in places where I'm like, you know, putting stuff back in the grocery store because I could not make it to the grocery store and like freaking out, checking my account. And I think no matter what, we all have financial troubles. And I think somebody, we can all relate to that on some level, regardless right. of what it is. Oh, absolutely. And the enemy wants to tell you, well, if you fail this time, don't risk it again. Just stay mediocre, stay safe. And really, that's not when the blessings come. The blessings come when you put yourself in a vulnerable position and you say, hey, it doesn't have to end like this. You have you have the power and you have the choice. And when you own your story, it becomes so beautiful. And that wasn't the, that wasn't even the end of it. That became just the beginning of God continuing to just open doors in your life. And I get to say that because I probably met you about the time when you opened up about things like that. And, and to be like, Hey, you don't need to carry that as a shame. You look at you and it was before you were just still dreaming and doodling and planning and, and God was building that, um, that vision for you in your life. And and it was like, you don't have to be afraid to fail. You know, failure is just an opportunity to learn and keep growing. You were in my, more closer to my inner circle when I was really sad. You saw me on a daily basis because of the kids. Our kids went to the same school and we were involved. And But can I tell you this? I don't think I've ever told you this, but you were one of the motivating factors that probably helped me the most because if we go back to that October, it was like three days before my accident, you had called and you were like, hey, um, Bobby's turning 40 and I have this paint party that I had already committed to, but I really kind of want to, you know, spend time with him. Do you remember this? Yeah, the pumpkin one. Yes. And you were like, hey, can you, can you can you take this over for me so that I can, you know, spend time for Bobby's birthday? And I was like, sure, I got you. I got you, girl. Yeah. Then I had my accident. And I remember thinking one of the reasons I got out of bed that day um, was because I committed to you. And I put on a happy face and I went and did that pumpkin and I, and I painted and created with these kids and they didn't know my story. They didn't know my pain. They just still saw me not as what I was seeing myself, but they saw me as the art teacher, the one that brought this joy and the parents were happy. And, and, you know, it got my butt out of bed that day. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, <didn't laughs> I know. <laughs> and, I mean, isn't that powerful though? Like, but but God knew what was going to happen that day. And I had committed and I, I wanted to give up, but I knew I had made a commitment to you and I didn't want, I, I cared more about that. But then afterwards, I remember 
wow, I could still do that, you know, mm-hmm. and how much that meant to me. Oh my God. God knew that I was going to need that. You know, I didn't know, but God knew. And so, you know, I never like when I commit to a party, like, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm very like, Oh yeah. That's crazy that like, because I remember saying, okay, we have a sportieth. Could you do this? But I had no idea the ripple effect of that. That is, and I think that's the coolest part about God. Like we don't see the big picture that he does. And he knows, you know, all the things that are going to happen. And, and when we have something, you know, like in your case, so, you know, so horrific and so tragic, you know, it's a totally different situation than a bankruptcy. And that he, you know, there's, a, you're using something to help other people, you know, and it's all about like, how can we use our tragedy or our story or something that's happened that feels like we could just go in a hole and be done, you know, but we don't, we want to, we need to share it. That's part of the healing process is sharing it and trying to, to help somebody else with what we've gone through. Absolutely. Besides like, because guys, y'all, she is total, like, I, I don't, is boss babe appropriate? What's a better word? Cause that feels weird. Like mom boss. Cause I've never used boss. Uh, okay. Okay. On mompreneur. What, what's a good word? What's a good word? I don't even know. Okay. So like she is, she is killing it in the art industry. I'm sure you've seen her ad and you don't even know it, but this is my friend <laughs> Heidi. You've seen her, I promise. And I want to talk about, it's not just about money. Like it isn't, it's about doing something you love. But one of her bigger philosophies is using art to heal. So tell us about a time when God really used art to heal for you besides the bankruptcy, besides that part personally. Oh my gosh. Um, all the time. Right. (laughs) So back in 2016 and my, okay. So we almost lost my dad. My dad had a heart transplant. Um, so my dad was going through, like he had a bad, if y'all know anything about that, but he was super sick. We waited 22 months for him to get a heart and he got his heart in March of 2017. And we're so, so grateful to the family, to the the young man who put that, like we are, we are big believers and donors and, and putting all that stuff on your driver's license and making sure just my little PSA announcement. And, um, and so during like right before that time I had gone, you know, back and forth driving to Austin to see, you know, be with my mom, to see my dad, all of that stuff as you know, we thought he was about to go like, you know, he didn't have a heart yet. And we just thought we were about to lose him. Well, at that time, I'd been invited to go help with this really cool 3D chalk team in North Carolina at Outer Banks. It's a dream come true. Tracy Lee Stum, I, I've been, you know, stalking her for years and following her and seeing her stuff in person. And, um, and she, I had interviewed her and she said, I said, hey, if you ever have a project, I would love to come. Well, I was having like sinus issues and all of this kind of crazy stuff. And I was like, I don't care. This is my opportunity. I'm going to be there. So I'm like leaving the hospital. I come home. I pack for that. I head to Outer Banks to do this awesome Wright Brothers and 3D chalk thing that was beautiful. Had a great time. Headed back. Flew in that Sunday night. All of a sudden, I'm like, I go to check my phone or I go to the kitchen. All of a sudden, I lose my vision. And I was like, what has happened? You know, I can't see him. What do you do when you, something happens to your body, you go to your phone and you Google it. So I go to my phone and I can't even see my phone. Hmm. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh. And I freak out and I throw my phone down and Bobby's in the kitchen. It's like Sunday night at like 8.30. And I'm like, Bobby, I can't see. Something's wrong. And then about that time, my head just started like squeezing in on itself. And I was like just crying. That's all the time we have for today. But don't you just love Heidi today? But please come back next week and listen to part two where she tells the rest of her story of healing and how art has healed her and how God has continued to bless her with a vision to impact women who want to make a difference in their life financially or just in their home, just really with passion. Come back next week. Thank you so much for joining. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you something new and exciting that's happening on the Blooming Inspired Network. We have a new host joining our team. Her name is Beverly Flanagan, and she is hosting a new series called In All Seasons. And so I wanted to let you know about that show. Be sure to check it out on the website, bloominspirednetwork.com. Thanks so much for joining again. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Accidental Hope. Remember the seek hope and share it. Come back next week. Bye.